0: Hi, welcome back to Arbitrary 20, and today we are going to be looking at the Giant Options Unearthed Arcana. First, we're going to talk about the path of the Giant Barbarian.
1: So yeah, we'll go ahead and read the uh, two level 3 abilities here. Uh, So first off, we get Giant Power. When you choose this path, you learn to speak, read, and write Giant. Uh, and one o- or one other language of your choice if you already know Giant. Uh, you also learn the Druidcraft or Thaumaturgy cantrip. Uh, and Wisdom is your spellcasting ability for it. And the other feature we get at level 3 is Giant's Havoc. Uh, your, rage, your rages pull strength from the primal might of the Giants, transforming you into a hulking force of destruction. While raging, you gain the following benefits. Crushing Hurl. When you make a successful ranged attack with a thrown weapon using strength, you get to add your rage damage bonus. (laughs) And we also get giant stature. Your reach increases by five feet, and if you're smaller than large, you become large, along with anything you are wearing. If there isn't enough room for you to become large, your size doesn't change.
2: Yeah. I mean, getting five feet of reach is actually pretty cool. Like, it is pretty fun.
1: Just as a yeah, giant, yeah. I have seen some crazy stuff with this already where you can <laughs> get like over 15 feet of reach with the subclass combined with some other stuff. So that is pretty sauce.
2: Does that stack if you had a polearm, so do you get
1: 15 feet? Uh, it says your you reach increases by 5 feet, so yes, if you had a reach weapon it would be 15 off the bat. That'd yeah. would be fun.
2: Okay.
1: 15 feet of reach at level 3. And you're large, so you already take up. So if you're a two by two on the battlefield and you reach out three, then the total reach is like twenty, I think. But that
2: <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> when you do the Sentinel Polar Master shenanigans, you can just stop people from like twenty feet away. People.
1: I think that would work and with the Polar Master. Yeah,
0: that's huge, dude. They,
1: when they enter your reach, yeah.
0: Yeah, like you can. I'm just thinking like spells and how that would affect you if you're twenty foot. Reach, I don't know, and even being large, that's what a ten foot, ten, 10 foot two? Or two by two, so it's so yeah, ten feet. It's really good, like because if you have issues,
2: clothing like getting to people, like it just kind of solves half of your issues. So, and then the later parts of this class kind of fix that too. So yeah, this it's pretty cool.
1: <coughs> this does let you just play a barbarian with thrown weapons before, which you couldn't do for some reason, but yeah, yeah you do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ribbon feature is pretty nice. A can trip and an additional language.
2: Yeah, Dalmaturgy is always just fun. It's probably a little yeah. more. You can do more with it than Druidcraft, but they're both pretty cool. Yeah. My
1: boat is for Druidcraft. Really? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, don't know, <laughs> I just like it better. <laughs> That's
0: fair. That's fair. It is a little bit better, but different strokes for different folks. Just
2: gonna make a, a little flower bloom.
1: You could find out what the weather is,
0: you can light (laughs) fires, you can... (laughs) What DM actually cares about the weather? The ones that have the immersion. (laughs) Traveling, man. (laughs) The freaking immersion, it's always the immersion. But anyway, we should probably move on (laughs) to the sixth level one, uh, which
1: is Elemental Cleaver. Uh, Your bond with the elemental might of the giants and their ilk grows, and you learn to infuse weapons with primordial energy. When you enter your Rage, you can infuse a weapon of your choice you're holding with one of the following damage types. Uh, it's all of the elemental damage types, Acid, cold, Fire, Thunder, and Lightning. Uh, while, you in, while you wield this infused weapon during your Rage, uh, the weapon's damage type changes to the chosen type, um, and it deals an extra d6 damage of that type. Uh, it gains the Throne property uh, with 20 as the short and long range. Uh, it reappears in your hand uh, if you hit or miss a target, and the infused weapon's benefits are suppressed while a creature other than you wields it. Uh, and while raging and holding the infused weapon, you can bonus action to change the damage type of the weapon.
2: Right. Besides it being thrown, this would get around like bludgeoning resistance, right? Cause it's yeah, just replacing it, it, strained it elemental? yes, yeah. it
1: completely changes the damage type, which is really cool.
2: That's crazy.
1: And it also is a free returning weapon as well. Yeah, which you could usually only get from a magic item or if you were an artificer.
2: So this would work with any weapon, right? Great axe, you could just start tossing. Yes, you could, you could get a d- <laughs> for the first time. You can get a d12 thrown weapon. Yeah, yeah, which then does
1: or two d6 thrown weapon. Yeah, yeah. So you could be throwing greatswords that do 3d6 damage. <laughs> Which, and yeah, and you can switch as a bonus And then it action. comes back to you, yeah. yeah.
2: And you're adding your rage damage to it, too.
1: You could do this with a maul and just
2: <laughs> be Thor, to yeah. lightning. this is yeah. legitimately Thor, yeah. Which is really cool.
0: Honestly, this whole arcana is like, or at least for this one so far, I'm just getting like a bunch of Marvel vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, giant stature from the level 3 thing. It's like the Hulk. Yeah. This thing is like the... Like Thor, yeah. Maybe we'll get Iron Man next. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Get a war going. They did
2: mention when they revealed this that they wanted to be more like a classic giant. So this is what classic giants were. Throw things. things. Yeah. Throw elemental and fuse, yeah, you so. eat boulders, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just pretty cool. I want does this work with? If you had an improvised weapon, would this work?
1: Um. You can use one weapon of your choice. There's a lot out of, of things. I don't know. Yeah, about. that is probably DM's discretion. I don't know.
2: I just want to have like a returning frying pan and just start throwing it everywhere. That deals with like frying It'd be fun. That might be if you want to play Tavern Brawler. Me. Maybe. Maybe, A Throwing weapon to and bro, that'd yeah. be, interesting. It'd be very fun. I also kinda wanna multi class this with a rogue, but it'd probably be for another time. That'd be cool. Because you can make it a finesse weapon, it'd be fun. Yeah, you
1: if you did rogue, could throw rapiers, that'd mm-hmm. be the best thing you yeah. could do. Mm-hmm. Alright, on to the tenth level one, Mighty Impel. Uh, your connection to giant strength now allows you to hurl both allies and enemies on the battlefield. As a bonus action while raging, you can choose one medium or smaller creature within your reach and have it and move it to an unoccupied space you can see within 30 feet of yourself. An unwilling creature must succeed a Strength saving throw, uh, which is based on your Strength modifier, to avoid the effect. If at the end of the movement the thrown creature isn't on a surface or a liquid that can support it, the creature falls, taking damage as normal and landing prone. Yeah, so you can throw people now.
2: Yeah, this is, like, the first time, which is really cool. the
1: <laughs> well, yeah, first time, it's not, like, it's, like, official, yeah. like, hard the of class. rules. class, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I have thrown someone as imsh before, and it is so satisfying to, like, throw somebody, and then they just instantly kill. Yeah. Instantly get
2: killed. Yeah. It's that's, that's the same thing. I mean, this is just, like, in action now, so... Anytime That's a bonus a action. It's a bonus yes, action? Yeah, there's a bonus
1: action while raging. You can eat.
2: Oh my god. That's actually insane, though.
0: If you do it right, could you throw somebody to get them, like, a friendly where they need to go? Or is it specified? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can you do, do wailing creatures, yeah. So you can just... So, like, I'm thinking, like, monks who have, uh... Not Feather Fall, though that is a spell. But it's, they have Slow Fall, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that would be that might help you out a little bit might decrease some damage and if you like just had a monk that you just throw around
2: i mean or if you just your wizard was in a bad spot you just take them just chuck them behind you like <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's just creating, say goodbye you be
1: potentially be used to get allies out of bad places too you yeah. know or into good places or there's no limit
2: on this so you could like if you yourself could climb you could get your allies up like High spot to high spots and
0: stuff like
1: that, too. Yeah, you could just throw your whole party on <laughs> top of a building and then leap up there, yeah.
0: Well, you also have reach of like that. 20 feet. Uh, like right? 15. Or reach of 15 15? at that point, yeah, right? if you're yeah, raging. Yeah, when you're raging, yeah. So, yeah. you could reach farther away and then grab anybody and then throw them.
1: Well, the right? reach for grabbing would just be
2: within 10 feet.
0: Oh, exactly.
1: With the pole arm, it would be 15.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well.
2: Still, though. Still, yeah. the
0: possibilities.
2: Well I mean you're gonna make your DM never wanna fucking ever yeah. have anything that could fall off a cliff. Like yeah. <laughs> there'll be no more stairs, It'll there'll be more be toll buildings,
0: is. there'll be no more cliffs
2: with this person camping.
0: The party is now a bunch of toddlers. <laughs> you have the door locks yes. on everything.
2: There's a child safety lock on everything. <laughs> the windows are bulletproof because you can't. You don't want to throw someone out of a third-story building. You know. So.
0: Welcome to having the most boring <laughs> dungeon ever because it's just gonna be like you walk into a room with no windows or anything. Yeah. There is nothing. <laughs> End of campaign. It's ten feet tall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ten feet tall. <laughs> Right. It just seems really fun, I'm not going to lie. This will probably be my only Barbarian class I ever play. So,
1: Moving on to the 14th, uh, we got Demiurgic Colossus. The primordial power of your rage intensifies. When you rage, your reach now increases to 10 feet, and your size increases to huge. And you can now use your Mighty Impel to move creatures that are large or smaller, and the damage dealt by your Elemental Cleaver increases to 2d6. So kind of just an upgrade of everything else the subclass gives here. Yeah, so just powerful. Everything except but one more, basically. Yeah,
2: I didn't even think about but like the the extra d6 at level 6 like goes well with your level 5 second attack. So you're giving a lot of extra damage with that. Now you're going to be getting oh, 4 now, too. Yeah, so a uh, level 14 one. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
1: Huge is. I think that damage could probably be a bit higher, honestly, but. Um.
2: That's true. I think it's just a little extra benefit because the main thing is the. The reach. Extra reach, extra size, extra yeet ability. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: How much space does huge take up? Three by three. <laughs> That's actually so big.
0: Um. Mm. There's, I mean there's one size above that or two sizes you size. get, into and yeah, one get
2: enlarged won't gas enlarge on you just massive yes it just seems fun and it's like you do feel like you're just getting swole so like you're a barbarian that's just a giant truly
0: it, it truly is the Hulk here
2: yeah yeah you just
0: get massive you start throwing things because you can be angry Bruce Banner or you can be just like <laughs> Angry Hulk. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just get bigger each time.
2: Yeah.
0: This is probably one of my favorite barbarian subclasses. Yeah, this is a really cool subclass. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about the Circle of the Primeval Druid. We'll get into the second level feature here.
1: Um, we have two of them. First up is the Keeper of Old. Your connection to the mighty primeval Behemoth allow you to incite into the ancient world allow you new insight into the ancient world. You gain proficiency in the history skill, and when you make an intelligence history check, you can roll a d4 and add it to it. And we also get uh, the primeval companion. There's a lot of stuff here, starting <laughs> starting when you choose this circle. You can call upon the primeval creature whose spirit is bound to you. As an action, you can expend one use of your wild shape feature to summon your primeval companion. Rather than assuming a beast form, the companion appears in an occupied space within thirty feet of you. The primeval companion is friendly to you and your companions, obeys your commands, uh, Seat the creature's game statistics and primeval companion stat block, and it uses your etc. Uh, etc. Et talks about the stat block. Wait, you determine the cosmetic appearance. Uh, In combat, it shares your initiative account. Account. In combat, (laughs) the companion shares your initiative (laughs) count and (laughs) and takes turn immediately after yours. Uh, It can move and use its reaction on its own, but the only action it takes is the dodge action, unless you take a bonus action to command it, to take a different action. Um, That action can be one on its stat block or some other action. If you're incapacitated, the Companion can take any action of its choice. The Companion remains until it's reduced to zero hit points, or until you die, at which point the Companion vanishes. If you use this feature to summon the Companion again, if, and you already have a Companion present, the first Companion immediately vanishes. Anything it was wearing completely vanishes as well. So we have the Primeval Companion here, pretty typical stat block. AC is 13 plus proficiency bonus, hit points is 10 plus 5 times your druid level. Um, And the attack is a d8 uh, damage plus your proficiency bonus. And then the special action it gets is a reaction called intercept attack. When a creature the companion can see hits a target with an attack, and the target is within 5 feet of the companion, the target instead takes half of the damage, and the companion takes the remainder of the damage. Okay, that was a lot, but...
0: There's orbit. There's level 2. <laughs> so, basically, starting from the top, the... The Keeper y- of Old? Yeah, Keeper of Old, you get a proficiency in your history skill, and then when you do a check, you basically get... Like, free Guidance, yeah, right? They
1: yeah. could also stack with Guidance, which is yeah, a Druid oh, counter really? so okay. you'd be really good at History if you had this. So be 2d4 on top pre- of whatever. Pretty yeah, good the future gui- yeah.
2: It, it's kind of awkward, though, because Druids are supposed to be Wisdom-based, and History is Intelligence-based, right? So Yeah. Damn. It's slightly awkward in that sense, but you could always play a smart Druid, I guess.
0: Yeah, dude, you just buff Intelligence and Wisdom and then just be good. I don't know if you'd want to buff it for just one check, though. Yeah, I mean, you could just make that check better, I guess. But it's pretty
1: cool. It has a decent urban feature, but I think the companion is honestly just the worse wildfire t- spirit from the wildfire
2: druid. Yeah, I'm slightly disappointed. <laughs> the <I> <laughs>
1: intercept attack is... it's decent, it's but... Not bad. It, it's not bad. It would Yeah, the teleportation on the wildfire spirit is much better.
2: It's like it's kind of tanky, so it could intercept a decent amount of stuff. Plus five times
1: your druid level, so when you first get this it'll be at twenty HP?
2: Yeah. Which isn't bad. Um, and you could always you have two wild shapes, so you could always cast it again. But Yeah, but like it's not what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what you wanted. As, but it's a, what you as a druid lover, yeah, it's not what I wanted. So,
0: if you just get hit with some. If it gets hit with something really hard, yeah, then you're screwed because then you have to cast wild shape again. And then you're not using wild shape for for yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. but I guess lower level druids, unless you're super of the Moon, isn't using wild shape too much for combat. Yeah. Um. It's okay. It's kind of like a spiritual weapon that can also intercept damage. I so thought of it more like. A weapon can't really die
0: though. No, that's so the thing. Yeah like, yeah, like this could die. It's more like fine familiar. <laughs> it's oh, stronger. Well, like stronger, but I mean that's what the vibes I'm getting. From it's now.
1: similar to the wildfire druid, but again, just worse.
2: <laughs> wildfire well, druid can teleport, so you as well, right? So.
1: Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty sure you can teleport allies. Yeah. So.
2: It's okay. Um, It might get better, but... Yeah, hopefully this one gets buffed. Yeah, well, hopefully the later things actually add more to it, too. I don't remember.
1: But yeah, moving on to the sixth level, we got Prehistoric Conduit. Uh, You learn how to channel your magic through your Primeval Companion. When you cast a spell with a range other than self, uh, the spell can originate from you or your Primeval Companion. In addition, if the Primeval Companion is affected by a spell, you cast that allows the creature to make a saving throw, uh, you can give the primeval companion advantage. If the primeval companion would normally take half damage on a successful save against the spell, it in a sense takes no damage, uh, and half damage uh, with no additional effects on a failed save.
2: Okay, so it. That- kind of gains See, so yeah, you're stuff.
1: F- yeah you're able to cast spells through it and effectively it's always like a careful spell or the evoker wizard's ability for that yeah to yeah. make them dodge spell effects yeah
0: <laughs> I feel like that's so late in the game already like for 6th level to be able to cast through a, something it's alright I don't know like I, I know you're not even I mean you're yeah, you're not even a third of the way through the game. I Actually do if you're playing the 20, but yeah.
1: Casting through it is okay, but I, I think the the thing that makes it dodge damage is honestly better even though it's still not that good.
2: Well, cuz you're going to want to keep it out as long as possible. Yeah. That's,
1: you don't want to be the one killing it.
2: Yeah, at 6 level what is it? It'll have um 40 40, right, yeah. 40 yeah, 40 hit points, which is all right. That just kind of keeps it in the game longer. I know it would be
1: kind of strong, but if it was you and your allies, c- it could have that sort of careful spell effect. That would be that'd, really good.
2: That'd make it, like, really good. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. It just makes me want more, but it is what it is. Maybe I just don't like druids that are, like, beast summoning. It doesn't really fit with my druid. My thought of like a druid is you are, you are the beast in that essence, but it's okay.
0: Um yeah, I mean I got nothing else for that one. So. <laughs> They're just missing the mark for you, Lucas. They are. This was I was so
2: excited for this. this not, I just have to convey it. Yeah, <laughs> I was so excited. You
1: read the title and then it's garbage. But yeah. Anyway, on to the tenth level one, we got Titanic Bond. The primeval companion grows to large size and when you summon it, you can grant it either a climbing speed or a swimming speed equal to its walking speed. In turn, the Primeval Companion lends you some of its terrifying might once per turn. While your Primeval Companion is summoned when you hit a creature with an attack or damage to a creature you can see with a spell you cast, you can force that creature to make a Wisdom saving throw against your spell DC, and on a failure it is frightened until the end of your next turn. Not terrible but uh i mean the frightened condition is good but we are at 10th level a lot yeah. of there are a lot of things immune to frightened right well i don't know about a lot but there are quite a few things immune to frightened this is
2: probably my favorite feature of it like it's just cool but yeah. they don't last till the end of your turn so you couldn't technically have like a full amount of people
1: being large size and having a climbing or swimming speed is cool um it could be useful outside of combat likely for those things But,
2: um. I'm slightly surprised it didn't have a climbing speed, though.
1: Frightened condition isn't
2: bad. Once per turn, though. And it ends after the night, your turn comes back up. Oh, until your next turn. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This just gets worse and worse the more (laughs) you (laughs) look at it, dude. (laughs) It's just like, oh, I want so much more. It is cool. I like the concept of it, but man, it just feels a little The tenth level, this should be
1: like it remains and then at the end of each of their turns they, yeah, get to they have to save against hit. it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd want this to potentially be able to like control like an entire battlefield technically. Where it, like if they keep failing the save, it can keep stacking up on extra people, but this is only gonna ever be on one person. So
0: I think that's fair. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely something that would be a little better. Yeah.
2: Just a little bit. It would give you just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a little rough. <laughs> On the 14th
1: level. <laughs> Hopefully this one's decent. Uh, you have learned to fully harness the titanic legacy of your companion. As a part of the bonus action used to command your companion, you can expend a spell slot of any level to heighten your primordial companion's might, granting it the following benefits. Hulking behemoth. Uh, The Companion becomes huge and gains temporary hit points equal to 10 times the level of the spell slot expended. If there isn't enough room for it to become huge, it attains the maximum possible size in the available space. Next up is (laughs) Mauler. On a hit, the Companion Strike deals additional damage equal to 1d8 plus the level of the spell slot expended. And lastly, we have Titanic Stride. The companion's walking speed increases by a number of feet equal to five times the level of the spell slot expended. These benefits last for one hour until the companion vanishes or until you expend a spell slot for the feature again.
2: This is the first one that's actually not terrible. I know. (laughs) It's not actually terrible. I... The last sentence did make me sad, though. I thought you'd be able to get all of these up at the same time, but you can only have one active. You get them all.
1: Yeah, granting it the all following patrons. benefits. All benefits. It gets oh. all of them.
2: Oh shit! That's so much better. So okay. you spend. I <laughs> thought it was one. You spend <laughs> the first level
1: You spend the first little spell slot. It gets ten temp HP, does one d8 plus one extra damage, and gets an extra five hit walking speed.
2: Okay. And, okay, it's, so not bad. and it doesn't
1: lose action economy either, because as a part of the bonus action, you use to command it.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's so, yeah, not the, worst. the
1: first good feature. At yeah, level 14. <laughs> yes, the first
2: good feature level 14. But it could do decent damage if you spend like a fifth level spell slot. Like, it'll bump it up. Yeah,
1: I kind of. I mean, it'd be a little OP, but I kind of think it would be. I wish it would be D8s equal to the spell slot level, so 48 at a fourth level spell slot. It's a d8 plus the spell slot you use.
2: I just misread this like six times. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be a d8 plus five? on you I hit, that, though, yeah. If was five d8, I was like, dang. Yeah,
1: no, you'd be doing it more for the temp HP. So yeah. I guess what they're trying to lean into here is like a tanking beast. Because if yeah. this thing is huge and has like 50 temporary hit points, you can just keep using that intercept attack on anybody in your party. That's true. I could be like I think, that's, I think oh. that's what they're leaning into. It's making yeah. it like a damage soaker.
2: It's a spiritual weapon that can intercept damage.
0: I really like the level 14 ability or feature. Everything else is kind of. Yeah. yeah. It could yeah. be more. Could be more.
2: Yeah. I was so excited for this. I was honestly so excited for this. <laughs> I like the idea
1: of it, but it definitely could be better. <laughs>
2: I don't know what.
0: Just not my. On my tea Just give it a little bit more. Just weave it, and it'd probably be so much better. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I think it's there. It just needs just that extra little boost, little kick, and then it'll be there.
2: It is nice, like, having the damage, it could be life-saving. I won't lie. Mm-hmm. But that is, like, the thing it's got going for it is the interceptability. so. And it kind of made all of the stuff seem to resolve around revolve around the intercept ability, so
0: mm-hmm. it's alright, I want more. Now we're going to talk about the runecrafter wizard.
1: And we'll get into the first two second level abilities here. Uh, first up we have runes of understanding. Your study of runecraft has unlocked the ability to decode runes and languages regardless of their origin. You always have the Comprehend Languages spell prepared and you can cast it without expending a spell slot and the spell doesn't count against the number of spells you have prepared and second we have runic empowerment when you choose this subclass you learn how to amplify your magic through the through the application of various runes your knowledge of these runes is stored in your spellbook though you determine the rune's cosmetic appearance for example your runes could be engraved into the cover of your spellbook glowing whenever you cast a spell or you could work the shape and meaning of the runes directly into this spells somatic and verbal components Uh, when you cast a spell using a spell slot you can invoke one of the following runes Uh, the first rune option is life rune when you invoke this rune you choose a creature you can see within 30 feet of you you can choose yourself the chosen creature gains temporary hit points equal to five times the level of the spell slot second is war rune when you invoke this rune, choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you until the end of your next turn. Attack rolls against that target uh, have a bonus equal to half the level of the spell slot expended. When you invoke this rune, your speed increases by a number of feet equal to 5 times the level of the spell slot expended, and your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. This be- these benefits last until the start of your next turn. Uh, You can only invoke one rune per spell, uh, and you can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest. Not bad. Honestly, not bad in my
2: opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely a decent ribbon feature. Comprehend Languages is a pretty good spell. and You always have access to it. Yeah. Uh Well, I mean, I guess it depends on your campaign and the rest of your party, but yeah.
2: I feel like that comes up pretty often, though. But
1: you usually could cast it as a ritual anyway, but it is nice to have. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you don't have to take the extra 10 minutes to cast it now, right? So, yeah. Should be nice.
1: And then, as far as the runes go, um, now they're all decent. I mean, I definitely like War Rune the best. This is definitely more support, though. Because you're gonna give, the, you're basically gonna give your allies attack, uh, bonus to attack rolls. Because you're not really gonna be making attack rolls the same turn you do this, likely, at least not very many.
2: Yeah, when does that end?
1: Uh, it's for a turn. The end
2: of your next turn. It's so for, you it's could,
1: for a round, yeah.
2: So you could get it on your next turn.
1: That's true. Yeah.
2: So it's not bad. Plus, like, using third level slots, spell slots, they're getting a plus three to hit. Oh, sorry, plus two to hit because it's kind
1: of half. Rounded up, half rounded up, yeah. So for a third level spell slot, uh, all attack rolls against the chosen creature, yeah, would get be a benefit of plus two, which is pretty good, yeah. Honestly, that's you pretty. You give good. your entire party the archery fighting style. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. <laughs> like, uh,
2: yeah, I know they're not doing damage, but it is very. So
1: That does cause them to
2: do more damage. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, on average, I hit way more often. The wind room kind of comes up. I mean, if you don't want to, if you don't want a misty step, you could just use this and run away
1: that is true yeah and it's not disengage it just says you don't provoke opportunity attacks so in the weird situation where somebody has the sentinel feet against you <laughs> uh, but this will still work yeah um and life Rune. it's definitely not bad five times the spell slot expended so
0: if you do it at fourth level
1: 20 hit points. Yeah. Could be pretty good. That's not bad. Especially for yourself, since, you know, you're a wizard, you got the
2: Squishy. low HP. Yeah. yeah, level 2, you might be doubling your effective HP. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you are well, a tank now. You know, a wizard tank. It, yeah. Well, I mean, if you have zero yeah. constitution, you could be doubling it yeah. pretty yeah. easily.
0: <laughs> well, how many runes do you get? I, I don't know much about the proficiency bonuses of this so you only here. get two uses
1: of this right now
2: at level 2 and then okay well, level 5 I, I think war
1: Rune to... is definitely the play with the limited use war... wind, wind rune in a pinch
0: but yeah yeah war Rune is definitely superior and then life goes after and then wind Because war Rune
1: will always benefit your entire party is where life and wind rune will only benefit one person at a time
2: yeah I mean wind rune is pretty decent though like Oh, it's good. Like getting out of sticky situations is yeah. So would probably be better than getting
0: temporary hit points.
1: I would always default to war rune, but wind rune if you need it. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's fair. Well, movement it is also really good, but I know it'd be
2: broken. But I kind of wish life rune actually gave HP. But wizards you, can't you, heal, dude. Yeah, they just don't allow it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it'd be so good to pick people up yeah. with that. But I that would be actually broken. So I understand.
0: Well, even with the life rune, you could. It's temp HP. Temp HP, so can, you can't like bring someone back from it. That's no, it, no that's, you yeah.
1: unfortunately cannot, yeah.
0: Okay, well, yeah, you're... Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah war, you're right. war Rune like, is yeah. S tier. For whatever <laughs> reason, they just don't, yeah, well, I mean, I get it lore-wise why they don't let Wizards heal, but yeah.
2: I mean, in a large party, War Rune would be so good, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, if yeah, you have yeah. a large creature you're fighting, it would boost a lot of damage. Boss yeah, 30, 30 yeah. Feet yeah. yeah. there's yeah. no like
1: saving throw that creature gets to make no. either. It just it's just, just all, <laughs> the, all the all attack are better against them.
2: Yeah, pretty
1: cool. At sixth level, we have a sigils of warding. Uh, you can call on a rune of protection to guard yourself against threats. When you fail a strength dex or con saving throw, you can use a reaction uh, and use one of your runic empowerment. The last feature uses, uh, and succeed the saving throw instead. So you. Effect you do have to use another ability's uses, but you do get legendary resistance, essentially, for those three saving throws.
2: For every saving throw you're probably bad at. Yeah. That's not bad. And
1: also, you can auto-succeed a concentration check. So if there's a time... I mean, this would be later on, but if you took, like, 50 damage and you have an impossible concentration check of 25, you can just choose to succeed.
2: Yeah. And at that point, like... So. You're probably not going to be using your empowerments all that much. Yeah. So that's pretty good. At sixth level, you'd have three empowerments, right? Yes. bonus plus three. So, I think personally, I think that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, I think this should have its own uses, but
2: I get, yeah, that makes sense. And leave
1: the runic empowerment by itself. Because if you yeah. use
2: this in combat, then you're pretty low on your other uses, and it's every long rest, so. I still think it's crazy, though.
0: You just choose to succeed. It's really good because it's just it just helps you not suck at things that you suck at. <laughs> it's a good buff. It, it does what the buff supposed to do.
1: But anyway, at 10th level we have Rune Maven. Uh, your understanding of runecraft has grown immensely. Whenever you use your Arcane Recovery feature, you can also regain a number of your expended uses of Runic Empowerment. Uh, The number of uses you regain can be no more than half your Intelligence modifier rounded up. So, uh, I mean, they give you a way to recover them here, even though they're combining the... I mean, that kind of makes up for the combining the uses of two features.
2: Kind of. Can you only Arcane Recovery once per day? Or is it just every short rest? It's
1: once per long rest.
2: It's once per long rest?
1: So if you have a twenty intelligence, which you likely could by this point if you were tenth level, yeah. um yeah get three you would, you would get three back. Out of your four? Out of your four, yeah.
2: Not bad. That's not that bad.
1: So if if you took a short rest during a day you could have seven potentially uses of those. That's actually pretty good to be honest. Yeah. yeah that that that's makes the that's
2: not better. Too, that's not too bad, yeah. yeah. I mean, for yeah, I guess for a tenth level Class ability doesn't give too much extra, but it does buff the stuff that you already get. Yeah. Which is cool.
1: And I mean, by this point, War Rune could be plus three to everything. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because you're using fifth level spell slots. Which is amazing. It's plus, pretty nice. plus three is game changing, I would say. they would be really like
2: giving everyone a plus three. Which weapon. is a very rare weapon. Yeah. yeah. So, pretty
1: decent. I don't even fit your wizard, but I think <laughs> it's pretty good. Next up, at 14 level, we have Engraved Enmity. You have mastered the art of wielding your runes directly against your foes. As a bonus action, you can target a creature you can see within 60 feet of yourself. The creature must succeed a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or be magically marked by an enmity rune. The Enmity rune appears as a faintly glowing mode of energy that hovers over the marked creature which suffers the following effects. Runecraft's Bane. The creature has disadvantage on saving throws made against spells you cast. And next, and next we have Unveiled Enemy. The radiance of the glowing rune makes the creature visible if it's invisible. And the creature can't become invisible while the rune persists. And last we have Woeful Curse. Uh, When you mark the creature and as a bonus action on subsequent turns for the duration, uh, you can invoke the Enmity rune to curse the creature until the start of your next turn. Uh, The next time one of your allies hits the cursed creature with an attack roll, the target also takes 1d8 force damage and the curse ends. Uh, The rune lasts for a minute uh, or until you lose concentration, as if you were concentrating on the spell. Uh, Once you have marked a creature in this way, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, or unless you uh, use a spell slot of third level or higher to use it again. So one thing I do want to mention really quick first is that um, you have to see the creature to use this feature, and then um, Unveiled Enemy says it makes the creature visible if it's invisible. (laughs) Okay. So see, yeah.
2: I get where there's an issue. But yeah, you have, uh, you have to have seen <laughs> visibility up to even. Yeah, you would have to have seen
1: visibility or true seeing. But it is, I think, essentially is a. Te- I think essentially the unveiled enemy is supposed to be like a fairy fire sort of. Yeah. Yeah, where they can't become invisible afterward, but. Um, yeah, that is kind of a weird error there. I uh, don't, not sure what the intention is. I also think the woeful curse. Should be more than one attack, but yeah, I can see. I I can. It's one attack, and it's only a d8. Um, But yeah, I I think that could be a bit better. But Runecraft's brain is really good. Well,
2: it's like it's not even on each of your other friendly people's turns. Just one attack.
1: Yeah, one single attack against it gets an extra d8 of damage, and this is a fourteenth level ability. Yeah, I mean, that was like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the bane yeah. is good. And on top of That's all of that, work. it t- this takes your concentration. And that that last little paragraph, as if you're concentrating on a spell. So yeah, you can't concentrate on another spell. Yeah, you can't concentrate on a spell if you're using this.
0: That <laughs> it makes that it so much worse. <laughs> is seeing <the> invisibility <laughs> or true sight concentration? True sight like... See invisibility is
2: not concentration. Oh, okay. So, so well, I mean
0: there's a workaround, but it still sucks. But you, you yeah. want to
2: concentrating on your other spells. Yes. I mean, like, especially if you're gonna be giving them disadvantages. If you're fourteenth level, you
1: if you're fourteenth level, you have seventh level spells and you have four of them. You okay. could have four of them. Yeah. You're like <laughs> there there's no reason to concentrate on this.
2: <laughs> the only reason to do it. Would be to make them get disadvantage, so that they fail the save for your next concentration check, right? Or would that not work like that?
1: It would not work because you would lose concentration oh. on this and then cast that spell. Oh. Yeah.
2: yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty rough. You could only you could
1: like fire. This would only help like fireball, lightning bolt, cone of cold, things like that. Then they would have disadvantage.
2: Which I guess is okay, but.
1: Man. But yeah, the best the saves you want them to have disadvantage on are like concentration
2: say yes concentration spells and it's only spells you cast it's not even they don't get disadvantage for everything else it's only spells you cast
1: well so I can see that getting ridiculous if it's other people's but it's yeah it's level eh?
2: that's true yeah I think
1: this kind of ends off with something pretty bad but <laughs>
2: it started out really good at level 2 in my opinion just didn't scale amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, I just think this 14th level one should be better, but the rest of the subclass is not too bad.
2: That's true. That's true. I mean, you can't forget it's a wizard. They're already
1: broken. (laughs) Evoker gets, like, over-channeled or, like, (laughs) friggin'... There's so much...
2: Imagine you're in a six-person party. Though. An enchantment
1: wizard gets a twin spell, all of their enchantment spells are level 10. So like... Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, War Rune is what this thing's got going for it, in my that, opinion. True,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. War Rune and Legendary Resistance. Yeah, okay, yeah, Effect- legendary Effectively resistance, Legendary actually, yeah, Resistance, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, those two, really, really good. Everything else? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of cool that you get the... Sorry. Yeah, you do get the Legendary Resistance at level six. That is true. That is something to think about, like...
1: You get effectively three legendary resistances for strength, dex, or con.
0: I love six.
2: Yeah.
1: And dex and con are like two of the main saving throws, so...
0: Now we're going to talk about all the feats.
1: Alright, the first one is Elemental Touched. You've been exposed to the primordial magically elemental planes, granting you a measure of control over the natural world around you. You get Druidcraft or Thaumaturgy, uh, and you get to choose the spellcasting ability for it. Um, whenever you finish the Long Rest, you can choose which element you are attuned to. Air, Earth, Water, or Fire. Depending on your choice, you get a bonus action for one of the following effects. Uh, with Air, you get a flying speed equal to your walking speed until the end of your turn. Um, if you're airborne at the end of the turn, um, you are not held aloft You fall. Um, um, and for Earth, uh, you cause the ground within 30 feet of you to become difficult terrain for one minute uh, or until you create this effect again. Uh, during that time, you can move across that difficult terrain without spending extra movement. And for Fire, you surround yourself in a cloud of ash and smoke until the end of your chair and your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. And for water, you create a forceful surge of water directed at a creature within 15 feet of you that you can see. The creature must succeed a strength save, uh, and the DC is based on your spellcasting ability modifier, uh, or be pushed up to 10 feet away, and um, the water vanishes immediately after the creature succeeds or fails. You can create this effect a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest.
2: Starting off. Pretty cool. It's got some versatility at least.
1: Yeah, you can set it up for the day. <coughs> I don't know if any of these effects are like outstanding. But I think fire is kinda of bad, but it's it's a I guess you get disengaged it gives you disengage as a bonus action. But oh water is honestly probably
2: the worst actually.
1: Just a ten feet push and nothing else.
2: Pushed movement doesn't provoke over your attacks, right? No. Okay. Kind of rough. I mean, if you don't have a bonus action, though, like, this feat could change how you play the game. That's true. Bit. Yeah. Like, this is could be a bonus action on a couple of your turns. The only issue is you kind of have to choose it for the day, so...
1: Earth it, is really interesting, yeah. Earth
2: is interesting, but... They're,
1: okay, none of them are really, like, terrible, but I think the like, outstanding ones are definitely Earth and Air. Yeah. Like, Fire and Water, I feel like, are situationally good, or, like, maybe a specific build makes them good, but I feel like Air and Earth will always be pretty decent. Yeah. Or I guess Earth, you probably want to be a melee character,
2: but... I mean, Earth says that... it's for all difficult terrain for that minute, so you could put difficult terrain but, somewhere. But not,
1: then... for, but not for you, yeah and it's the ground within 30 feet of you.
2: I'm saying like no difficult terrain impacts you for that minute, technically.
1: Across ground that is difficult terrain without spin, that's true. So, maybe it'll come up.
2: It's interesting, cool as a bonus action, not bad.
1: Next up we have Ember of the Fire Giant. Uh, prerequisite of 8th level, and you've manifested the fiery combat emblematic of Fire Giants, granting you the following benefits. Uh, born of Flame, you have resistance to fire damage, and we have Searing Ignition. When you take the attack action on your turn, you can replace one of your attacks with a magical burst of flame. Each creature of your choice within 15 feet of you must make a dexterity saving throw based on your constitution modifier. On a failed save, a creature takes fire damage equal to 2d6 of your plus your proficiency bonus and is blinded until the start of your next turn. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage with no additional effects. Uh, and you can use this a uh, number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest. That, you know, after reading that again, that's actually kind of soft. It? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um. Fire damage plus blind is pretty decent, depending on the enemies
2: you're fighting. It's slightly sad, it replaces your damage, which is the 2d6. Repla- well,
1: it, it says when you take the, so if you're, if you have extra attack, then you still get to make an attack, and then mm-hmm. replace one of the attacks.
2: Okay. Yeah, that is pretty cool. The blind blinding, I feel like is underrated in my opinion, like blind is really cool. Yeah, it unless they have stuff.
1: like blind sight, but not a lot of enemies yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You can't have resistance to being blind, right? Like you can be immune to blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: It's out there. I don't say it's very common. But yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe if you have a player character who really likes to cast blindness, you might see it in your campaigns more. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think it'd be fun as a monk to like punch someone, and just fire damage comes out of your fist or something like that. So, but yeah. Not bad. Eighth
0: level? It's okay. Pretty solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. there might be better
1: options at eighth level, but I mean, it's definitely not bad. And we'll move on to Fury of the Frost Giant. Uh, prerequisite of fourth level for this one. Uh, You've manifested the Icy Might emblematic of Frost Giants, granting you the following benefits. Uh, resistance to cold damage. And when a creature hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to retaliate with a burst of magical ire. The creature must succeed in a wisdom saving throw based on your constitution uh, or be frightened of you until the start of your next turn. Start of its next turn. Uh, You can use this reaction, proficiency bonus times, for long rest. Frightened, not bad. I don't know if it's worth the reaction though.
2: You might have a reaction to many things. It's
1: when it hits you with an attack roll.
2: And it. That's not bad its because turn.
1: I guess that makes them have disadvantage on all further attack rolls.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's only <laughs> until the start of its next turn.
2: Yeah. So it, unfortunately, it would run off when its next turn comes up. Yeah.
1: I'm not really feeling this one personally. Thinking no. about
2: it though, like it, it doesn't seem like there's very many good ways to get free cold resistance or fire resistance besides this, right?
1: Protection from energy. There's this third little if you spell.
2: Have that yeah. spell. Oh, yeah. But like, built into a, a feed is kind of cool. I mean, if you have an icy campaign, like cold damage resistance probably won't hurt to have
1: Yeah, that's true. If you're doing it for the resistance, maybe.
2: But the frightened effect... If it lasted longer,
1: maybe, but, like, this only really does anything against multi-attack, mm-hmm. to be honest. And, like, it would only be super good if it was, like, three or more attacks.
2: Yeah. If it was till the end of their next turn, pretty good. Because it would at least cover yeah. a full another turn of stuff. But mm-hmm.
1: that's, that's true, yeah. End of next turn, this would actually be pretty decent. Because then you're covering, like, at least three attacks. Even yeah. If, yeah. yeah because if you're just giving disadvantage on one attack then you may as well just like silvery barbs or something at
2: that point yeah it's a feat though so it's hard to get stuff like that but i agree it could be better
1: next up we have guile of the cloud giant uh, you manifested the airy speech and magical wait you've manifested the airy speech and magic emblematic of cloud giants granting you the following benefits misty form you can cast the blur spell without using a spell slot or material components, and when you, when you cast the spell in this way, it doesn't require you to main concentration on it. Once you cast the spell in this way, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, and you can cast it the normal way using spell slots you have at the appropriate level. Uh, you choose the spellcasting ability uh, for it when you gain the feat, and you also get Silver Tongue. You gain proficiency in either Deception or Persuasion, and you get uh, Expertise for that same skill.
2: This is probably one of my favorite <laughs> Yeah, this is, like, I
1: think the best one on the entire <laughs> thing. Uh, blur without concentration, so you effectively take the dodge action for free every yeah. turn. Yeah. And on top of that, you just get expertise with one skill. Well, with Deception or Persuasion, which both of which are pretty decent.
2: Yeah, that's just... There's a lot that you get from this. Like, a lot, a lot. It'd be fun to pair this with Mirror Image plus Blur.
1: And then you have concentration free disadvantage plus yeah. mirror image. Yeah. yeah,
2: like you're not getting hit for most things. I, I really do like the silver tongue aspect. Just kind of added in. Just makes it even better in my
0: opinion. So no way to go wrong with this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just good no matter what way you slice it. It's useful. Like if you're a paladin
2: and you already have charisma, and then you get proficiency in persuasion. Then your persuasion is gonna just go straight to the roof. So, oh, you got expertise and profession, so it's even better.
1: If you're a sorcerer, you could quicken the blur and still do something on your turn, and then that's true. Yeah, you have yeah. a minute of disadvantage that you only use the bonus action for. Yeah,
2: it's, it. This is a really good feat. <laughs> that's all I have to say about it.
1: All right next up we have the keenness of the stone giant with the prerequisite fourth level you've manifested the protection and spellcasting emblematic of stone giants granting you the following benefits dreamers magic you gained the detect thought spell and one first level spell of your choice from the abjuration or divination school of magic Uh, you get one free cast of each of them per long rest and you can use your spell slots as well and you choose the spellcasting ability when you gain this feat and you also gained Uh, Mountain Sight, you gain Dark Vision up to a range of 60 feet. If you already have Dark Vision from another source, it increases by 30 feet. I mean, yeah, this one is also one of the best, I think. It's like um, uh, Shadow Touch and Fae Touch, but with Dark Vision, well, it sort of trades out the ability score increase you get for Dark Vision, which, depending on your character, might be better. But
2: Yeah. I mean the thing I just like. To not point everybody out,
1: starts a dark vision, but
2: yeah. The thing I like to point out is most classes don't get access to armor of and and now you can just get access yes. to Armour of Agatha plus detect knots, like
1: this does add uh, abjuration to yeah. the half feats you can get from yeah. different schools with these types of feats. Which is a lot of good options, like uh, uh, shield and absorb elements mm. also, armor of Agathis. There's a lot of decent first level abjuration spells.
2: Yeah, it's like, there's so much you could do with this. It's very nice. <laughs> and I like the tech thoughts. Tech thoughts, roleplay wise, can help you out quite a bit. So,
0: I think most of the detect stuff is pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it just adds on to it. But there's no bad part of it. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's worth it to take it just because it's good.
2: Yeah. I'm sure there's a divination spell out there that's really good. I just can't think of one.
0: Yeah.
1: Divination I think you can already get from Fate Touch or Shadow Touch. This just puts Abjuration on the
2: Oh, okay, is exactly. that yeah.
1: okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, divination wouldn't be bad, but I think you're probably gonna want to go with an Abjuration choice if you're taking this.
2: Yeah, between Shield and Arbor this like yeah. it just doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: So next up, we have Outsized Might. This one has no prerequisites, so you could take it at level one if you had variant human or custom lineage. You've absorbed primeval magic that allows you, despite your relatively small stature, to embody the might of titanic creatures. This grants you the following benefits. Little but mighty. You gain proficiency in the athletics or acrobatic skill. Uh, you get powerful builds. You count as one size larger uh, when determining your character Your count is one size larger when determining your carrying capacity, and the amount you can push, drag, or lift. And you have advantage on saving throws against being moved or not prone. How do you feel about it? I think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I would ever take this personally.
2: I couldn't see myself taking it, but that is better than some of the feats in the game
1: oh yeah i mean there's some it's not hard to beat but
2: yeah 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 i mean i'm just saying like it seems like all of these aren't the bottom of the tier at least like you could probably find use out of all this stuff
0: i do think it is cool but i agree it's also like you guys have said it, it's okay mm-hmm. but i do like the last one the stalwart that's i think it's kind of unique i'm sure it's probably also available in other parts of the team now this is new
2: not that i've noticed before
0: it is pretty rare. I think it's cool. I mean, like, the chances of that happening are slim, like, I mean, maybe not slim, but, like, it might not happen, but it could happen. And I oh. think it's cool that the ability that they put it in, that gives you the advantage. I'm not saying I would take it for that, but I, I do think it's just that's an also, interesting thing they put in.
1: That's also only extremely useful if you're, like, by a cliff or something, but...
2: Fair. <laughs> cheese scooter just has no saves, right? Like the Eldritch Blast pushing and stuff. Yeah, no, that that doesn't have saves. Yeah, so it's. uh, (laughs) I wish it came up more. I do wish it came up
1: more. Yeah, there's a lot of times that Force Movement doesn't have a save. Well, sometimes Force Movement doesn't have a save. Mm -hmm. And it's usually not the end of the world if it happens either. If you get knocked prone, you get off. (laughs) 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 It's not. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it.
2: I just don't know how many people actually adhere to carrying capacity either, so, that's something to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there are those select few people that play with variant encumbrance, but... You know. Yeah. And next up we have Rune Carver Apprentice. This one also has no prerequisite. Uh, you've begun studying the art of Runecraft, which allows you to temporarily mark your items and imbue them with magic. When you finish a long rest, you can mark one non-magical weapon, armor, piece of clothing, or other object you can touch with a rune of your choice. You temporarily learn one first level spell based on the rune you choose, as specified in the rune spells table, and you know the spell until you finish a long rest. As specified in the rune spells table, and you know the spell until you finish a long rest when the rune fades. There's a ton of spells you can get access to with this, I'll be showing them on the screen right now. Uh, While you are carrying, while you are wearing or carrying the rune marked object, you can cast the chosen spell associated with the rune once without using a spell slot or material components, and you can also cast it using any spell slots you have. You choose your spell casting ability for this when you choose the feat.
2: This one is insane. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I really like
1: this one, too. You get access to so many things that your character likely wouldn't have. And there's no prerequisite for it either. So even if you're a martial class, um, you can still take this, even if you're not already spell spellcasting.
2: Yeah. I mean, you only get it once. Uh.
1: I mean, some of these, even once per day, could make a huge impact, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, a minute long a bless you get.
0: Um, it's really like they took just the best spells. Yeah, in the most, game. most, most of, of the best most spells. Most of
1: the good spells are in here. Yeah, yeah like, just like, like,
0: <laughs> Here you go. Because I'm thinking in, like, if you do stability. Strixhaven, you do like the Strixhaven initiate, you know, in the beginning it replace your background, and then you do this at, like, level four, and you're, like, already miles ahead. Yeah,
1: yeah you're really versatile. Well, you, well, you could take, it, yeah, if, if Strixhaven is allowed, yeah, you could get Strixhaven Initiate, and if you play a Brain Human or Custom Minions, you could get this as well. <laughs> level one, yeah. yeah. and you get access to, I mean, pretty much any spell you want at that point.
2: Any spell on here, like, Bane, Bless, Armor of Goodberry. You even have a healing spell, I know it's Cure Wounds, but... Goodberry? Goodberry Shield, like... Command Guiding Bolt? Oh, I know. This is crazy. Sanctuary <laughs> Feather Fall. Like, can you imagine just a Barbarian who never needs a... one oh, no. You actually they couldn't can't. do it as a Barbarian. But this is, like this a monk, is a fighter, though. Yeah, you know, or a fighter. They can just concentrate on a Bless or a Bane for free. It's pretty crazy. So. And this goes well with spellcasters, too, but... It's nice to splash into martial classes. Yeah, it
1: makes you really versatile if you're already a spellcaster.
2: Very strong very powerful. Yeah. There's so many builds to go with that I don't think you need to go into super detail about it.
1: But it gets even better because there's sort of a stacked feat that goes with this, rune carver adept. Uh, when your skill with the art of runecraft has increased, whenever you finish a long rest, you can now mark a number of objects equal to your proficiency bonus with a rune from the rune carver apprentice feat. An object can only have one rune at a time, and you must inscribe a different rune on each object. So, you thought that was good? Now you can <laughs> have two of them, and then eventually you can have six of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're almost doubling a sorcerer's spell list. <laughs> like, you, yeah. yeah. Pretty
1: uh, it's if a little crazy it, to think about. A lot of, it. This is probably, like, the most first-level spells you could ever have, like, prepared at once. Well, some of oh, these are good yeah.
2: upcasting, too. So like,
1: I mean, more or less, yeah. Bless Armor of Agathis, um, Bane. Those are all decent. And just
2: Sanctuary, Sanctuary's on here too, which is crazy. So yeah. Yeah. There's just so much you do. Well, with on,
1: this. and all the free casts to like your resource game is just insane. Mm-hmm. Like in the, once you level up one more time to level five, you effectively have seven first level spell slots. If you're a full caster, yeah,
2: that's true. That's true. You can also do at if you take very human with Strixhaven background. Yeah, at level one you can goodberry juggle. Yeah. Yeah. With the five familiar goodberries, kind of crazy. Well, one crazy just got, got more fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean level one kind of sucks, but like at level four, even if that's still good, so you have a barbarian doing it. This
0: one's just
1: really cool. very cool. Mm-hmm. Next up we have the Soul of the Storm Giant. This one does have a prerequisite of 8th level. You've manifested divination abilities and tempest magic, emblematic of the Storm Giants, granting you the following benefits. Maelstrom Aura. As a bonus action, you surround yourself in an aura of magical wind and lightning that extends 10 feet from you in every direction, but not through total cover. It lasts for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Uh, while the aura is active, attack rolls against you have disadvantage. And whenever a creature starts its turn within the sphere, you can force the creature's speed to be halved until the start of its next turn. Once you use this bonus action, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. And we also get to Storm's Oracle. You can cast the Divination spell as a ritual without needing material components, and you choose the spellcasting ability when you gain the feat and once you cast it in this way you can't do so again until you finish a long rest.
2: Oh I like this feed a lot. So pretty much you get the blur effect right with extra sauce.
1: That's true and it's also it as a bonus action.
2: Yeah so it's actually kind of in a sense better than the blur one? This
1: Yeah this might be better or effectively the same well yeah you also get the half movement so the real difference well, those effects are similar. The real difference is the Storm's Oracle versus the Silver Tongue.
2: That's true. And then this one you can only do once per long rest.
1: Yeah, versus that's expertise all the time. Yeah. But
2: I just think it's kind of thematically cool. Like They're both really good. Yeah, they're both really, really good. Having movement, I feel like it's underrated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> On some kind of... Um, like, melee character, you could keep them close to you, with mm-hmm. this.
2: Well, you, you know, you get in the fray of things, they all have disadvantage on hitting you, and then they can't really move away from you either. Yeah, so this is kind of a tanking character's yeah. dream. Yeah. And divination could come up. I mean, if you, like, have a burning question or something that you really need to ask, you just consult a god or something like that, and there's a chance it goes well for you, which is kind of cool. Yeah. The real, yeah, like you said, the real thing is do you want expertise in charisma or persuasion? Yeah, I, mean,
1: I think this is really... I mean, potentially both of these, right? Well, well no, they wouldn't stack because you can't get double disadvantage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like,
2: yeah, someone the- might think that you could get double disadvantage if you just didn't like it. Because I wouldn't have known. Just Open
0: your a- third eye, dude.
1: Divination. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, we have Vigor of the Hill Giants. Uh, prerequisite: A fourth level. Uh, you've manifested the resilient emblematic of hill giants, granting you the following benefits: Bulwark. Uh, while you are subjected to an effect that would move you at least five feet or knock you prone, you can use your reaction to steady yourself. Uh, you are then neither moved or knocked prone. Hardy health. And we also get hardy health uh, when you are subjected to a spell that restores your hit points. You can regain additional hit points equal to your constitution modifier. You can regain these additional hit points another a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per a long rest.
2: It's alright. I might say this might be the worst one out of this entire yeah, list.
1: Yeah, it's between this and outsized might for the worst ones yeah. for sure.
0: I like the roleplay side of the, like, the reaction. Like, typically, if something pushes you, you're going to react by trying to prevent yourself from falling. But it's also, like, you just used your reaction for that. Yeah. And (laughs) it's it's like, like, "Mm."
1: I think what you do is you replace, you put bulwark in replacement of stalwart on on outsized might. Because on this one, you can just choose to not be knock prone, which is still, like, not that strong. Like, I think... I think you should just combine those feats and just make them one feat that's good. And then it'd be a, a yeah. decent feat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think you could just combine them and make them one actually good feat
0: or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Because there's enough effects to make it good. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's hard to know when these will come up. These two, those two feats specifically, like this
0: feat, just doesn't seem to come up very often. I think rarely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've. It's probably been like a total of three times in... John's campaign that I've been knocked prone, and most of them was because of my own stupid decisions. I so. think it's because you fell. Or <laughs> I fell, yeah, yeah. or yeah. I <laughs> fell, you know, so, like... Does that work like that,
2: though? Can you just, like, superhero land if you're falling? You can you just use your reaction just to land instead of being knocked prone, I guess?
0: No. You can't, there's no, I don't think there's a reaction to land. For monks, you get slow fall, which just negates the damage that you receive.
2: Well, is falling an effect that would knock you prone?
0: It depends on how you roll. I think that's how John ruled it. Like, yep. if I fell, rolled poorly, I'd get knocked prone. Then you could just use your reaction to not be knocked prone. But that's
2: like very rare. For right? this, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. They're okay. Could be better. I do like the overall theme of how they're balancing these feats is by level prerequisites. Which doesn't seem like they were doing that before. Yeah,
1: that, no, that's the cool. new thing.
2: And I think it is a good way to balance it. Like, you can put more power into a feat if you can only get it at 8th level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So,
0: I do appreciate that. It is nice. It's a little annoying, because it's like, I want to have that, but also I understand why. Well, yeah. (laughs) Because you can't have some of these features at, you know, second level, and it's like, oh, look, you're just a god, you know? Or, yeah.
2: First or fourth, or whatever. Yeah, depends on how you build your character. Um, And I think having... Better later game feats are nice because at a certain point, the feats don't matter as much once you take some of the good ones.
1: Yeah, some of those lower level, some of those feats just don't really do much. Don't scale, on, Yeah, when you're 12th level.
2: Yeah, because once you get to 12th level, what feat are you taking? you probably taking an ASI, or if you still really need a feat there, but yeah. I of the feats are worth it. Doesn't yeah. seem like it. No, it's a hard choice. These all um, give cool stuff.
1: Depends on the character, but yeah. Sure. I like feats scaling better like this. Yeah.
2: But it, it seems like, you know, once you take Borecaster and probably Faye Touched, a plus one to get, you know, a half half score increase, half feet, there aren't very many options for you. So Yeah. I do enjoy having these options. Overall, they all seem
0: good. Alright, well thank you for listening. If you'd like to read the full Unearthed Arcana, it'll be in the description. Have a great day.